Welcome back, everybody. This is the Icebox Pod with 412 Sports Cards and myself, Icy Ice Cards. We are bringing you episode 22, which uh, we're recording about an hour after the MLB announced that they finally got a deal done. Um, so we're going to bring you just an MLB pod. It's going to be a little shorter than our usual one maybe uh, 25 to 30 minutes, um, just about the lockout. Um, and then we're going to move into MLB cards, who we think is maybe uh, poised to have a good season, who's a buy, who's a sell. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, I'm excited to talk some baseball. Uh, we're, we're doing this against uh, some potentially adverse recording conditions with some internet, having some internet struggles, but we are we are excited to be here, excited to be talking some baseball, and yeah, MLB lockout for sure is going to be the big topic for today, and we're definitely we're going to get this one out to you guys as soon as possible. But I, for one, was and I hope you can hear me on the other end, was uh, excited to and and surprised to find that the lockout ended today. I know we both didn't follow it super super close, but it's. It seemed like this was going to drag on even even longer than it did. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah, we're definitely happy baseball is going to be back. We didn't miss too many games. I believe it was a 99-day lockout. Um, yeah, some, something like that. And I we were reading up. Apparently, this is the second longest labor stoppage for baseball since the 94-95 season where they lost a World Series over it. And I'll be honest, it didn't feel that bad. I thought we were going to miss like half a season, but better than that. Yeah. Do you, uh, so we, we looked into, did a little research about, um, you know, what the terms were, what's going to change this upcoming season. Um, I think the most, um, we actually disagree on this a little bit, but the most exciting thing for me was, it seems as though we are not going to have to watch pitchers bat, which is just amazing to to me. But you did not feel this. No, I would not say that's amazing. I have always enjoyed the at bats of the pitcher, so I, I will miss that. As a fan of a National League team, I have grown accustomed to watching the pitcher, and you know. Is it is sometimes not pretty, as you were saying. You know, sometimes he kind of sits there hoping to get walked by uh, some terrible pitching. But you know, when there's a runner on the bases, you know the bunt's coming. But sometimes, you know, you know, you see the bunt. You often you probably wouldn't see the bunt nearly as much without the designated hitter or without the uh, the pitcher, because you know he's always got to try for it because you know he stinks at hitting. But also, it was exciting for guys like Madison Bumgarner who could like hit 200 and could like theoretically hit a home run. And they did actually, he actually hit a couple home runs in regular season play. I'm pretty sure. I think he hit like two a year or something, which, you know, it doesn't sound like much, but I think it's actually provided decent value and was kind of cool when you could have a pitcher that could hit, but I will, I can see that it's stupid that we were existing in a world where one con uh, one league, had a DH and one league did not. That was uh, stupid. I don't even know how that came to be, but that didn't make any sense. So I think it also, it might open the window for more 
got I it's definitely opens the window for guys who like can't field but just can hit and there's way more slots for them to to exist on the roster now that's 15. I mean they just yeah they just doubled the amount of the can't field but can't hit position so that's going to be super interesting to see what um rosters look like and even like I mean, what drafts look like. Like, now every team needs a player who basically can't field but can hit bombs. So, it'll be very interesting to see, like, how that switch changes uh, strategies sure. as far as forming a roster goes. Yeah, I don't know what the Pirates are going to do, which is my team, because the Pirates uh, stink. And I, I I cannot think of one player. on. I mean, granted, you know, most of our players, I was talking, I was in my LCS today talking to the shop owner. And he was talking about some townhouses where he said a lot of Pirates players live because, you know, they know they're going to be gone and out the door pretty soon. You know, why would they be living in a more in a house? You, so, you know, it's a revolving door here. But for a more a legitimate uh, contending team, it would definitely be pretty interesting. I'm trying to think of a good example. Someone like I don't know if his fielding is that good. Someone like an Eloy Jimenez who's had injuries in the field, like I get granted, he already plays in the American league, but guys like that become attractive, even really old, like power hitters. I think who may have been out of the league previously become attractive. Um, granted that doesn't matter that much for cards, but I don't know. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about what matters more for cards. Playoffs expanded 10 up from previously 10 team playoff looking at a, a 12-team playoff now. I know the owners wanted 14 before, but 12 is definitely more. Uh, if it's anything like the way this, um, and I hope you can hear me, if it's anything like the way this, it's, uh, nuts, what's the word? The uh, expanded playoffs in the NBA, the play-in works. It definitely keeps things more exciting uh, down the stretch because there are a lot of mediocre yeah, teams do we that have, have a. Do we have a – is there, like, a bracket out, like, to show, like, how a 12-team playoff works? Okay, so I'm – so I think it means there's three wild cards. Because before – before you used to have – um. before you would have – you'd have the three division winners, and then you'd have two wild cards. But then now I think there's a third wild card at play. Because each league has three divisions. And then you had the three division winners. And then you had the two wild cards. But now I think there would be a third wild card. They also screwed around with the playoff structure during the COVID year. Um, so, like, they, I'm pretty sure there was a bonus wild card team then. Like, they, they do so much stuff that it's so hard to keep track of what the rules even are. Because they change and goof around the stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure the bases were enlarged. Yeah. In this, there also are like terms around if they're gonna put a pitch clock in, when that would be needs to be done by, and all sorts of stuff. But I think that is overall good, um, really, really good in general for the card market because I think baseball more than any sport is a sport where a team just gets hot. And, you know, they can be far, far, far from the best team that is in the league. And they can spend relatively little. And they could get hot, and then they can win a World Series. And if you're 
investing in like guys that are on these teams that are more fringe teams. Think the Atlanta Braves last year without Ronald Acuna. They were like one of the worst. They were like near the bottom of their division. Then they went in the, in the middle of the year and then they went and won the World Series. Like you get more teams like that that squeak in and they can legitimately win. It's not like the NBA where you can – an eight seed, 0% chance to beat uh, a one – like a one seed. They just cannot do it. Baseball, you can do it. So it spices that up a little bit, which is good as a, from a card standpoint. I think it's just all around good for cards. Yeah, I agree. I think anything anything where more players make the playoffs is going to be good for cards. Um just because it'll it'll expand the interest and yeah, just get keep more players relevant. Um do you who would you kind of look to buy like heading into this season? Like have have you bought any baseball during the lockout to take advantage of it? Or no. Well, so I looked one time at buying um tops paper one soto golds, like the gold one soto papers, PSA nine, because PSA ten is like insane. So like a flagship, like top twenty eighteen update soto. I but I, I just couldn't it was too much money. And, you know, I, I, I have worries about modern baseball, despite being a fan, the way they screw around with the sport, the mismanagement from the, the commissioner, the, the owners, I think, are sometimes shoot themselves in the foot. And I, I don't like being, I don't know, it's, it's scary sometimes putting money into this modern stuff. But if I had a buy, man is one Soto the buy for me. And uh, uh, all day, uh, all day. I mean, Acuna, maybe you say Acuna is a little bit of a value buy, but and I haven't put my money where my mouth is yet because I haven't bought any Soto, but I'm not opposed to buying Soto because I think he's a great value. Acuna had a little bit of injury, shows a lot of, of you know, potential, definitely a real a strong fielder, five-tool player. And Soto doesn't have the defense that he has, but you know what sells is the bat. And Soto has the best bat of any of these young players. He's already won a World Series. I don't know how much people actually care about that. He had one of the best second halves of a season we've ever seen in the end of last season. Yeah. He's young. I mean, I have so much good to say about, about Juan Soto. I would not throw my money at Tatis. People throw this money at Tatis. I don't even understand it because I grant, I guess he plays shortstop, but he's like a, a, a very poor fielding shortstop. So, you know, it, not adding a lot of value there, but he also has back injuries, which, you know, are injuries that reoccur over time. Man, Juan Soto is such a clear, clear best buy in baseball for me and i just never gave it the time to really track those cards week in week out but man that's where i'd be yeah. putting the money if you can get anything at a discount it's easy for me do you think that tatis so obviously tatis not being a good fielder could impact his team winning games for sure but do you think it'll even matter for cards? Because like you just said, like so much of cards is just like hitting is what matters. Like we don't even see pitchers sell. So yeah. do you think that 
Matisse's fielding problems, which are actually pretty big problems. Like he's a pretty bad fielder. Do you think those will uh, like impact his his cards at all, or not really? Ah, uh, I mean, I'm torn. I I I I can see it going both ways, because you know, you you've got like Tatis should not probably be playing shortstop with his fielding uh, ability, and he should. But the problem is you're. I forget who plays um, second base on the Padres, but he's not going to move to third base because, you know, it's clogged up with, like, Manny Machado. But that's, like, a better position for him to play because, you know, he's not as good at defense, but it doesn't sound as good. But back to the question you asked, I don't know how much defense actually moves the needle because on one hand, I want to say all people care about are home runs in baseball. Even batting average is rarely enough to excite the baseball card investor. You know, the baseball card investor looks – they look at home runs and they look at slugging percentage and slugging percentage is the total bases over the at-bats. So yeah. I don't know for those, I don't know how much you, if you know, like about the stat, there could be people listening who don't know how that works. So slugging is like an average measure that's in skewed upwards to fit, you know, reflect the added value of multi-base hits. But so I, I think that maybe it doesn't matter on that hand, but then I think, Mike Trout. Well, Mike Trout is worth a fortune, a fortune in the hobby. And he is a five-tool player. Excellent base running, excellent defense, excellent hitting, excellent power. And you look at guys like Albert Pujols. I guess, you know, granted he's not, you know, his prime occurred a little bit ago. Excellent hitter. Potentially a better hitter. I don't know that Mike Trout, some might argue. Doesn't sell for what Trout sells for. Miguel Cabrera, great hitter, great power hitter. Not the fielder. Does not sell for what Mike Trout sold for. So the Mike Trout yeah. curiosity is the only thing that makes me wonder if maybe it's something like defense doesn't matter for moving you from like the 100th best investment to the 5th best investment. But maybe you, there is something about being a complete player that gets you that number one spot. You know what I'm saying? I think, yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it. I, I agree with that for sure. I think I, I think the other thing to really look at too is is what – so even with the lockout, there's going to be, what, 150 games this year probably? 162 I saw. They're, they're get, I don't actually know how that oh, happened because I heard before that it wasn't going to happen. But now they said they're going to squeeze 162 in. So, Oh, yeah, so, so there's 162 games. I no card investor is I mean right like I have a I have a high end Soto card. Oh I'm really? Not, yeah, like I have the update short print. Oh, that uh, is a nice card. Yeah, that is a nice card. So I have that card. So I'm invested into him. I have no um, interest in watching him play 162 times. No, yeah, you just like hope to turn the TV on when he's a bat, and you're like, well, that was that. And maybe yeah, or, even you don't even go that far. Right. Or I'm going to go on to Sports Center and see a game recap, and it's going to be a Soto home run. So I bring that up because Tatis, I think that most people are just going to watch like highlights or whatever on Sports Center or however you get your highlights. 
and it's just going to be Tatis doubles and triples and homers, and they they might not even show us errors. So like, how many people not like how many people in the hobby even know that Tatis sucks defense? I honestly oh. bad that many people statistically. Probably almost nobody actually is aware of the fact that Tatis is a very poor like defender in the hobby. I remember when I first heard it, because I don't like you. I, I enjoy I think I enjoy baseball a lot. I actually watch like some baseball during during the year, but you know, I didn't know that Tatis's defense was bad. And I heard it and I was like, oh, like interesting. The only thing I ever knew was that I didn't like the back injuries you know, from, as, as a buyer, as a buyer yeah. into Tatis. But yeah, no, what you said is 100%, 100% accurate. I still hold to the fact that I think it holds you back from being the clear-cut number one investment, achieving the Mike Trout status, which, if we're being honest, is what a lot of guys are priced like. They're priced like they're going to be Trout. And so I do think that does okay. matter a little bit at the top, top, top end. Guys who are just competing to be the face of the league once Mike Trout starts the decline. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think – do you think we've seen the start of Mike Trout's decline? Mm. I mean, I'm not buying Mike Trout cards right now, uh, if that is what you're asking. Uh, I don't know. The injuries are scary. It's tough to tell, you know, is it a fluke? Is it the beginning of – of, of a decline he hasn't had a full season in what two three years I mean so that makes you worry a little bit yeah but as far as I'm aware if I remember correctly it's not the same injury over and over again it's like multiple like different injuries and he was not injury prone before that so you you wonder is it just bad luck I don't know it's tough to tell but trout stuff is still priced really really strong He's an excellent player. I am not arguing that Trout is not an excellent player. I love Mike Trout, but yeah. I, what do you what do you think happens with his stuff like long term? Because personally, and like I I could be completely wrong with this opinion. Like I yeah, I'm willing to admit that. But I think I don't really know that Trout is the best like long-term hold. I don't know that I would hold a trout long-term because I feel like maybe three years ago, right? The narrative was you wait five years and everybody is going to agree. Mike Trout is the goat of baseball. Like hard to do. Like, yeah, I just remember, like, I remember like people saying like, you know, like you can kind of debate, you know, who's better Jordan, LeBron, like, you can make an argument for either or something. And I just remember people saying like, no, in five years, like it's going to be trout. Like there's no, like he's going to be the goat. And once his injury started happening, like he's not like no anymore. And so what happens now? Like, yeah, he might be the best of like our generation or something. So there's, oh, uh, there's no doubting that there's he from the 2010 to 2020 decade, best player, no doubt. No one, I don't think anyone would ever argue that with you. Just like Paul yeah. was the best in the 10 years before. Right. So there's value in that for sure. But I don't know, like how long does a, you know, update 10 stay at like whatever it's at, like $3,500 or something. Like how. They're probably down. I think they're, I think they're, yeah, they're like 
29 or three. I was just looking the other day. And then the okay. BGS nine fives are yeah. down, down to like 1700. I'm glad I got out of mine when I did um, back when those still had some heat. That's like a year ago. Now I got out of mine. Um, yeah. I mean, they're, they're down right now. I guess trouts there's one on eBay right now for 27 OBO. A 10. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I mean, wow, that's actually pretty low. I, I don't know. I, I think I agree with you, though, that I don't I'm not huge in the hold of uh, trout. The, the, the issue I have is that is that it does the way people talk about Griffey and the way they love Griffey and the way that Griffey was an icon in his time in the 90s. You and I grew up during Mike Trout's prime and during Mike Trout's prime, we were in middle high school, you know, you know, moving on up. And I don't feel that way about Mike Trout. Part of it's the fact he's a reserved personality. Part of it's the fact the MLB doesn't even try uh, to brand their best player who plays granted. He's not on the Dodgers, but he plays in a massive market and he Mm -hmm. has not been branded. So they shoot themselves in the foot doing stuff like this. And yeah, it makes me, not think I would want any Mike Trouts for the long term. But you know what else it makes me think? I don't, even though I love Juan Soto, I don't want any Juan Sotos for long term, you know? Because yeah. if I, I, unless there's some dramatic change of course, I don't believe in the MLB's ability to brand someone as successfully. And that's where I get worried I about the modern that, baseball. I think that. What you just said is what kind of leads me towards Tatis because the MLB is easily like they're trash at marketing. Absolutely horrible. Like, but Tatis, he kind of like markets for himself. Yes. Like a little bit of like, is like the bat flips and like the hair flips and just, I kind of like that. I feel like that'll do something for his market because the MLB is not going to market for you. Like the no, NBA does for its stuff. Cannot count on that. Yeah, but so you're going to have to market yourself. And Tatis, I think, does a very, very good job at that. He definitely does. I mean, I think that's why the value is so high right now, because people like that, because he has bigger yeah. a bigger brand, because people like him like that. And I think it's that's kind of inflated his value maybe above what he is on the field. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, a lot of people would argue Griffey, in terms of where he stands in all-time players is not as high on the list as you know you would think based upon how revered he is it's and there's nothing wrong with that like that that's fine and like i like baseball I cannot emphasize this enough i like baseball i watch baseball i am excited to watch baseball because the lockout's over i know my pirates stink i will go to the pirate games i will watch i always enjoy it but I, I I just get worried about the back injuries with him, but you're with him, and that's why I stay out. But you're 100 percent right, and and guys like that are good to have for baseball related purposes. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Who who would you say that you're like most looking forward to just either watching or just because there's so many games, just like keeping up with and seeing how they do? I'm really excited. I mean. I'm a Pirates fan, so and I'm also a Red Sox fan. Uh, 
Shout out, check out my IG. I bought a cool card at the LCS today, a Red Sox, like triple game use base, which was pretty cool. It was like not as heavy as I thought it might be, uh, but it was pretty cool. Really excited about that. Um, I'm excited to watch Rafael Devers on the Red Sox. See if he's relatively young, not super young. I don't know, maybe 23, 24, 2018 rookie. Uh, he's really good. Like, do you even hear about Rafael Devers and cards? Probably not, right? Um, like not that much. Yeah, not a ton. I know he's, he's good. relatively. Like he's really good, and I, he's like a third baseman, uh, not an excellent defender, but. I'm really excited to see how if he takes steps forward. I'm really interested to see if he like yeah, last year he hit like 280, had 38 home runs. Like it's pretty good. And yeah. he's like he's 25, but he's had he's had some pretty good years. I I like him. I'm really excited to watch Cabrian Hayes too, who was a rookie last year in 2020 uh 2021 that would be had cards and all the 2021 products, third baseman, Pittsburgh Pirates, big defender. Like he will stay, like he was touted as like gold glove, like potential in the minors. Like that was how good his glove was. So he'll stay like in the lineup because of that, but I'm interested to see if he can hit well, because, and I'm interested to watch his card market. He had a lot of cards printed in 2021, just like every other person in 2021. And his cards actually, despite being from a small market team, do go for pretty decent money. So, and also O'Neill Cruz. Uh, have you ever heard that name before? This is, I mean, if anyone's listening, who's like, you don't know him? I, I know nothing about him, but I've seen Chrome Autos for sale of him. Okay, so he played, the Chrome Autos of him are probably from the Dodge on the Dodgers. And for all you guys yeah. listening, yep. guys and gals maybe, uh, I have no idea the demographics of the audience, but uh, he is a like six, 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 seven or so shortstop for the Pittsburgh Pirates in the minor league system. And if you like ever, do you ever look at fan graphs and stuff like prospects scouting reports? Okay, well, so for the like, people that are hardcore, they probably already know this, but he's like a top hundred prospect. I don't know what he is, but like they rate your pat your like tools out of 80 right so like 80 would be like perfect and like a 60 or a 65 is like super superstar like level so if you're like 65 and everything you're like a number one overall prospect if you have 65 out of 80 in like every tool you're a number one overall prospect he has an 80 out of 80 raw power he is this mammoth of a man with like enormous raw power and he's a lot, he could potentially stick at shortstop. And I'm really interested to see um, what uh, what becomes of it. It's like kind of like the Aaron Judge deal where he's just like huge and like has a ton of power. And as a Pirates fan, it was a little long winded there, but I'm really excited to see that. And he should be coming up this year. So he might even have rookies in tops flagship, which I always enjoy opening. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think for me. Uh... As a Tigers fan, Torkelson, I think we actually should be decent this year. 
I don't think we'll be some, I've seen some predictions where we are just predicted to be absolute garbage. And I don't think we're going to be that bad. And I'm usually a pretty realistic fan too. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not like really the type to be overly optimistic, but I feel like we're not going to be that bad. It's like some, some predictions I've seen, like we lose a hundred games and like, ah, Oh, that's pretty bad. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's like bottom two or three teams in the league. Bad. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they're that bad at all. I mean, I'm really excited to watch, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Torkelson. Um, I'm a big Riley Green fan. Um, so hopefully get to watch him a little bit. I've heard really good things about Riley Green, about Riley Green's bat. Yeah, so have I. So I'm I'm pretty excited to see both of them play. And then um, I guess just for, like, the sake of the card market, I would be – I'm very interested to see how – wander oh man i'm excited too i yeah i think he could be really really good so it'll be yeah it'll be interesting because obviously we've seen what his cards go for and that's honestly pretty justified based on like what we've seen of him like the dude's a baller so yeah i don't know one of those prospects that i would not say are like way overhyped or anything like i think I think if someone told me they were buying Wander right now, I would not say that's a bad buy. Like I, I would, I would feel decent about that. So yeah. well, I like think, buying like Bowman Chrome autos and stuff. Yeah, yeah, or even like Bowman Chrome color. Um, yeah, I don't know about the flagship stuff yet because maybe that mm-hmm. product's like too hot right now to buy. Has, has it come down at all? Do you know? Or? I, I don't know. I, I I went to the LCS and I bought two hobby packs today. I got no rookies in my pack in my one pack I opened. I'm actually sending the other pack to uh to uh Dirty Bird Flips. We've uh we've been uh DMing about trying to find uh tops uh top series one in the wild. And both of us have failed to find a blaster uh in the wild for a long time now. But I found these two hobby packs. Mine had no rookies. It did have a gold though, which you know apparently the gold is one in 38 packs. So you know, I think I should feel like a victor uh for getting getting a gold because apparently it's not even one per hobby box with the gold. So I'll hang my yeah. hat on that, but I, I did want to wonder, I'm hoping that the other one has a wonder in it, you know, because the wonder rookie, I, I just kind of want, it's kind of cool. The last wonder gold out of uh, 2022 went for $450. That's actually not uh, terribly insane. Yeah, I don't I, think that's too bad. I think if I had to guess, a one Soto would go for six or six fifty. Yeah, I agree with that assessment. If, so if you're, yeah, that's, you're talking raw. Right? Yeah, yeah, may, maybe five fifty to six fifty for a one Soto raw. That might have been a little high, but um, that's not nuts. Uh, it's coming down into the window of reasonable. I think you still wait. I think in yeah, two weeks, two weeks is the prime time. And I know we're maybe running a little longer, but on the subject of cards, I do want to, I know I've talked a lot in this episode, but I do want to say one more, uh, one more thing for all of you guys out there who like baseball prospecting, you like buying those Bowman Chrome autos and you wait for call up and you want to see if your guy delivers, you need to realize 
Almost nobody does well on call-up. Wander Franco was terrible, absolutely terrible when he was called up. And people thought, we're like, well, this is it. He sucks. He was a bust. And then a little time, and he proved them wrong. The pitching in Major League Baseball is so much better than AAA. Takes some time to adjust. You know, Juan Soto adjusted very well, but most guys do not. And if you believe in a guy, if you don't own any, and they struggle a little upon call-up, hey, maybe that's your time to buy. And maybe if you own some, it's your time to double down. But if you really believe in a guy, I wouldn't cut the losses right after call-up. So those are my words of wisdom for you Bowman Chrome investors out there. It's just, you know, obviously there's time to cut the losses, but I don't think it's right after call-up because everyone struggles. Yeah. I think for me, words of advice, once you see the tweet, the alert. Oh, that's always been mine. That they got called. Sell. Yep. That's what I used to do. I thought, Matt, you were going to say something like, don't even buy baseball cards. And I was going to have to shame you for it. But (laughs) no, I would say, Right when you get that alert, you know, the most successful one I did that with was Ahmed Rosario. If you remember. Oh, oh, I I remember Ahmed Rosario. I remember it was in the summer. It was in the summer. I'm working. uh, I'm cleaning. It was my full-time job. I'm like, I think I'm like 15, 16. And I'm buying Ahmed Rosario Chrome autos for like $80 a piece. And he gets called up. And I'm like, okay, here's the chance. Like, I got to sell. And, and he sold, stunk when he was called up, too. Yes, I sold out. I sold all of mine for like two or 200 a piece. And I bought in at 80. And I think I had like five or six. And he was terrible. And I just remember how happy I was with my decision. Because I was very tempted to hold. Because there always is that temptation to be like, yeah. well, what if in his debut he goes, three for three for a single double and a homer. And then like, Oh, he goes, stuff goes crazy or something, but 99.9% of the time you're going to win by selling on the call. up. Yeah. He's Zion making his debut when he comes out and he hits those three pointers in the fourth quarter and the world's going nuts. Yeah. Like that type of thing. I don't know. And that should show like everyone baseball cards have like definitely gotten more expensive. That he, Ahmed Rosario, was a, oh boy, a 2015 Bowman Chrome. I think he was 2015 draft, maybe. And uh, he was, I believe, a 17 rookie, if I'm not mistaken, like a 2017 paper, tops paper rookie, I think. And those cards were that expensive back then. So, like, baseball cards have been. Expensive for a while. Yeah, Ahmed Rosario, uh, sadly a bust. Rip to uh, Mets fans everywhere. Yeah, and you were right. He is a 2015. And you can buy a Chrome Auto for $10 currently. I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. Yeah, I know he's 2015 because that's the same set Cabrian Hayes is in. Uh, yeah. D- Dansby Swanson, if you remember him, also incredibly hyped, uh, was also yeah. 2015. Yeah. Uh, I won't. There's other good people. Raphael Devers is 2015, who I also just talked about. I used to watch a lot of breaks back in the day. But yeah, 
get excited for baseball. Anything else we want to talk about? I know we've kind of talked a lot about baseball. Any highlights that you think we want to get to the listeners? Any card-related insights that we might have missed? I don't think so. I think we're ready for baseball season. Um, well, I think we've been ready for a long time. Just the players and the owners finally caught up. So, yeah, yeah excited to see what it brings. Excited to see who goes up, who does not. And, yeah, it'll probably – I think it'll be a really interesting season with the playoff expansions. I think – I think cards – yeah, I think cards are going to be different this year. They have been before, so just yeah, it should be should be a good year. Uh, we're definitely definitely looking forward to it. Like Matt said, wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of hype um, gathered before the season. I think people are definitely excited, even if they're casual baseball fans. But yeah, that might call it a wrap there on episode twenty-two. Thank you guys as always for tuning in. Uh, We'll have this one out for you pretty soon. And yeah, enjoy. Looking forward to baseball season. And we'll see you back here next week. Episode 23.